Hi, I'm Eric, the security guy. Welcome to my channel. Today, we're going to talk about cybersecurity basics. I've worked in cybersecurity for more than 25 years. I decided to start this channel for three reasons. The first is there's a lot of misinformation out there about cybersecurity. There's just bad information on the internet. There are also a lot of companies trying to scare you into buying products that you don't need to buy. Second, the amount of money being lost due to cybersecurity is just staggering. In 2020, the Center for Strategic and International Studies reported a $1 trillion loss due to cybercrime. That's about 1% of the global GDP. And third, many people are under the impression that cybersecurity is difficult and you have to be an expert to understand it. That's just not true. While there are some very technical aspects to cybersecurity, the reality is that anyone can learn what they need to know to protect themselves, their family, and their business. My plan for this channel is to cover a range of topics. I'm going to touch on backups, ransomware. We're going to get into some of the more technical topics. But we're also going to focus on things that everyone needs to know to be safe on the internet, protect themselves, their businesses, and their families. Security means different things to different people. It's also highly contextual. For example, a given program or approach to security or security mechanism can be more than sufficient in one environment or protect one kind of information. But on the other hand, if you use that same approach in a different environment, it could result in some very significant security or privacy concerns. So before we can talk about various security issues, we need to get down to the basics and answer the fundamental question, what is cybersecurity and what are we trying to accomplish? A good way to think about cybersecurity is to break it down into three objectives. Confidentiality, integrity, and availability. Confidentiality is about ensuring that only authorized people can access information. Integrity deals with protecting information against accidental or malicious modification. Availability means that information is accessible to authorized users when they need it. It's important to keep in mind that the need for confidentiality, integrity, and availability, and the relative importance of each, can be very different depending on the information and how it's used. For example, on a blog or basic company website, we don't worry that much about confidentiality. The information is being made publicly available, but we don't want a hacker to change a site and we want people to be able to read it 24 by 7, so integrity and availability are important. When it comes to the power grid and aircraft control systems, we're especially concerned with availability and integrity of not only the grid, but the underlying industrial control systems that are used to control it. If you're responsible for security at a bank, integrity might be your highest priority, followed by confidentiality. Sure, availability is important, but if your system is down for a few hours, especially in the middle of the night, it isn't the end of the world. But if you lose track of how much money is in each account, in other words, a serious integrity problem, your bank is done. In the medical field, there are significant confidentiality, integrity, and availability requirements. Patient medical information is usually very personal in nature. 
Errors in test results, instructions, and prescriptions could have devastating consequences. Medical devices, such as programmable infusion pumps, require a high level of data integrity or a patient could be seriously harmed. And all of the information and the systems used to care for patients need to be available, especially during an emergency. Classified documents and similar information are an obvious example of where confidentiality is important. However, if important decisions are being made based on the contents, we must also consider integrity requirements. Whether you're designing a new system or assessing the security of an existing one, it usually helps to take a moment and consider the importance of confidentiality, integrity, and availability. This doesn't have to be complicated. Even rating each one as high, medium, or low will help guide you toward ensuring that appropriate security controls are in place. So now that we've assessed confidentiality, integrity, and availability requirements, what do we do about it? Security controls are safeguards or countermeasures to avoid, detect, counteract, or minimize security risk to physical property, information, computer systems, and other assets. When we're contemplating control selection, we can ask a number of questions. What are our security requirements? What are the threats against the assets? What vulnerabilities exist? What is the current level of risk? Is the current level of risk acceptable? And if not, what controls can be used to lower the risk? A security threat is a person or event that has a potential to negatively impact an asset. Threats can be broadly categorized as deliberate, unintentional, or environmental. Using the confidentiality, integrity, and availability framework, we can place examples of deliberate, unintentional, and environmental threats into a table. Data theft and espionage are obvious examples of deliberate threats to confidentiality. Unintentional threats could be employees making a mistake or losing a notebook computer. In the environmental column, documents or media could be exposed because of a natural disaster. Data can be modified by an attacker. Software errors and software flaws can also affect data integrity as can power issues or telecom failures, particularly if a system loses power at a critical processing stage. Threats to availability could include denial of service attacks or sabotage, hardware failures, spilled drinks, a cable being cut by a backhoe, and a host of natural or environmental factors such as earthquakes, fire, flood, utility failures, or pandemics can impact system availability. Here's a tip. To assess deliberate human threats, consider two things, motivation and capability of the threat agent in terms of skills and resources. A security vulnerability is a flaw, weakness, or other property of a system that allows a threat agent to act on an asset. A vulnerability can also impact confidentiality, integrity, and or availability. Examples of security vulnerabilities include inadequate governance, such as policies and procedures, missing or inappropriate security screening of employees and contractors, lack of training, hardware and software misconfigurations, data not being protected during transport and at rest, inadequate or missing incident management disaster recovery processes, and a host of physical security issues. It's important to differentiate between security threats and vulnerabilities. 
A threat is a person or event that has the potential to impact an asset, while a vulnerability is an attribute of an asset or its environment that allows a threat to be realized. We've discussed confidentiality, integrity, availability, and different types of threats and vulnerabilities. Our security objectives are confidentiality, integrity, and availability. Our goal is to reduce or maintain risk at an acceptable level. Risk is the potential for loss as a result of a threat exploiting a vulnerability. Some risk assessment methodologies bring this all together by considering risk to be the product of asset value, threat magnitude, and vulnerability. Security controls are usually selected to mitigate vulnerabilities and therefore reduce risk. They range from policies and procedures to technical controls. From a security perspective, policies, standards, guidelines, and procedures are all considered security controls. Physical security is important to protect information assets and their environment. An appropriate personnel security program is important to control insider risks. This includes background screening for employees and contractors. Security awareness training is vital and often one of the best return on investments we get in the cybersecurity world. Other types of training are also important. For example, software developers must understand relevant cybersecurity issues and be trained in secure software development practices. Of course, there are many types of technical controls, including firewalls, intrusion detection and prevention, data encryption, and endpoint protection software to help protect against viruses, ransomware, and other malicious software. So to recap, the three main cybersecurity objectives are confidentiality, integrity, and availability. Our goal is to manage risk, and the main way we do that is to assess risk and implement appropriate security controls. But before we wrap up today, there are a few other useful cybersecurity principles that you should know about. The principle of least privilege is that any entity that could be a user, a program, or a process should only have the minimum privileges necessary to perform its function. Defense in depth refers to using multiple layers of security controls. The intent is to provide redundancy in the event a security control fails or vulnerability is exploited. Using a defense in depth approach also gives us more time to react to an attack on an outer layer before assets are exposed. Default to deny is near and dear to the heart of a firewall administrator, but there's a larger context, and that is that unless an action is explicitly allowed, it should be denied. In other words, it refers to a positive security model. Need to know is a policy of telling people only what is necessary for them to know in order to carry out a task effectively. It is particularly used to protect sensitive information. Fail-safe and fail-secure are related concepts. Fail-safe refers to a system that fails to a safe state, often in a physical security or life safety context. For example, fire exits must operate during a power failure. Fail-secure, a common approach in IT, means that a system fails to a secure state. For example, access will be denied if an authentication system fails. Attack surface is a concept that can be applied to both physical and cybersecurity. 
In general, the fewer points that can be attacked, the more likely an attack can be deterred, detected, and prevented. For example, in cybersecurity, we advocate closing unnecessary ports, disabling unnecessary services, funneling all inbound traffic through a load balancer, and where possible, implementing one API endpoint instead of many. Our last cybersecurity concept today is zero trust. Zero trust is a term for an evolving set of cybersecurity paradigms that move defenses from static network-based perimeters to focus on users, assets, and resources. A zero trust architecture uses zero trust principles to plan industrial and enterprise infrastructures and workflows. Within a zero trust architecture, no implicit trust is granted to assets or user accounts based solely on their physical or network location or based on asset ownership. Authentication and authorization are considered discrete functions performed before a session to an enterprise resource is established. I've included a URL for those who'd like to learn more about Zero Trust. Thank you so much for watching today's video. Please help me out by subscribing to the channel and clicking on like. If you have any questions you'd like me to cover in further videos, or you have any comments, please leave them below. I'd love to hear from you. See you in the next video.